Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth, and some extra fun stuff today to harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. My guest today is a bit of an underground hero for those who think logically and have an average to above average common sense and reasoning, those that can see through the bullshit and that can think for themselves. Mike Winnett is the self-appointed, uninspirational, backwards thinking leader on a mission to uncover the truth behind all the bullshit in today's digital me, me, me first world. And he's out to expose all those get rich quick bullshit schemes and that mock the vomit inducing humble brag style of your favorite influencer. And his latest entrepreneur series uncovers the truth behind get rich quick schemes by pushing Insta successful gurus out of the way. You know what type I'm talking about. You see this all the time everywhere. And in 2019, just to give you a little bit of background, he invested his own time and money into popular passive, passive income streams like crypto, property, YouTube revenue, and all the other bullshit scams you see out there. So he could really dig in and see for himself what works, what doesn't work, and bring you the truth. Tell you what it really fucking looks like. And he's really putting his money where his mouth is. I love his style, his brashness, and I had to have him on the show today for some real talk. Mike Winnett, welcome to the podcast. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So I, I feel like many people on LinkedIn know who you are. They've seen your videos and, you know, whether they love you or hate you, but maybe they don't know too much about you. Maybe they don't know too much about your background. So just for my tribe here, bring this up to speed, like real quick, like how'd you start, you know, and where'd we get to today? And then we'll certainly dig in a little bit. So uh, a very long story short, I sold my business. So I had a startup business that I set up in 2015. I sold it in 2017. Um, and then I had a lump sum of money and I started to go and seek financial advice and experts advice on where to invest. And every time I was looking for experts, I'd be inundated on social media and YouTube with people sat on Lamborghinis and Ferraris screaming at me how I could be rich in 90 days if I just invested in their course or bootcamp or mentorship. So I thought, why not, as I've got nothing else better to do, do I not invest some way or money in some things and just record my journey into these investments? And that's all I've done. I love um, And I was on LinkedIn, and I noticed a lot of these types of people, you know, self-appointed gurus on LinkedIn, and I thought it'd be funny just to almost parody them and mock their style. And that got a little bit of traction on LinkedIn. So I kind of, they're the two things I've been up to, really. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you're, you're an underground hero for exposing the truth. I and mean, so many people fall for the shit. Before we go any further, you know, I, I'm a huge fan and I've been sucked into your content in a good way because I, I see through the bullshit. Here's a question. Is this all one big scam on your side, Mike? Is this big one Ocean's Eleven kind of thing where you're flipping the whole thing around and somehow the curtain's going to drop and you're going to drop the hammer on all of us and there's going to be a big scam coming in your direction? Are you harnessing all these people? Yeah. Yeah, what I've done, I've, I've invested all my own money and I've wasted two years of my life not making any money to build a crowd of skeptical people <laughs> to then sell them a how to spot a, a con artist course at the end of it. That's been my grand plan. You've caught me out. 
It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. And I love it. So here, here's my, here's, my, here's a serious question. Like, what was that moment, right? Like, what was that moment when that switch went off and you said, fuck this shit. I am tired of seeing all this bullshit everywhere. I need to step up to the plate. I have the means. I have the ability. It's time for someone to expose the truth. What was that? What was that? Like, was there that key moment where you're having a, like a beer with your friends and you like said, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. do this? There was two in particular. So one was I went to go and see my 15th financial advisor to ask him what asset he thought I should be investing my money in. And he told me I should be investing in um, land in a foreign country. Right. And he was promising me massive returns. So I asked him how much of land in that country does he invest in? And he said none. He didn't have any, (laughs) which if you believe the returns he was getting, it made me question. And he was the 15th in a row that didn't actually invest in the asset that he was promoting. He made money from getting people to invest in that asset. So I likened it to um, selling spades or shovels in a gold rush. Yep. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was I went to an event in London and I watched um, vulnerable people that weren't in a financially sound position being sold a dream from the stage from when I did research on some of these people as they were talking, hadn't um, been as successful, anywhere near as successful as they were claiming. Unbelievable. And I was watching uh, people pay for courses on a credit card, rushing to the back and being manipulated to go and per- basically waste money on something, um, a unicorn or a silver bullet that was going to make them rich in a really ridiculous short amount of time. And I just thought, why don't I, because I can afford to do it, invest in some of these things and let people see, because there's no edge to what I'm doing. If, if they work, they work, I carry on doing it. If they don't work, you found out for free and you've not wasted your money. So they were the two moments really, sitting in a room full of people and seeing them being duped by fake successful people and also legit financial advisors uh, not investing in the product that they sold. They were the two moments really that made me do this. I love it, man. But what's your ROI on this, right? Like you, you, you sold your business, which is awesome. And you have this money. So why don't you just take this money and put it into legitimate, like sound investments? What's your ROI by putting your money? So so I've done that as well. So I mean, I've got, I've got stuff in property. I've got stuff in stocks and shares. I've put hundreds of thousands in those things. I've put hundreds of thousands of pounds. So this is just money. This is just, you're doing this out of the passion, the good of your heart and being that Robin hood, right? Like you're just looking out for the little guy. Uh, Well, it's, it sounds like People find it hard to comprehend that bit, you know, but part of me, it's just like morbid curiosity, really. Right. It's like, if you tell me I can make 91% from a crypto mining rig, return of investment in my first year, and it's going to cost 10,000, to me, that's just a, that's a gamble that I can afford to take. Now, if it does work, great. I've made money. Yeah. If it doesn't work, not so good. I've lost 10,000, but I put it on YouTube and then, you know, other people won't be fooled by it. But I think the opportunity, opportunities I can get off the back of that would outweigh the losing the 10,000. Because what seems to have happened naturally is now good people with good intentions in these industries that aren't hyperbole and all screaming and shouting are getting in touch and have approached me to say, I'm not going to make you a millionaire in 12 months or you're not going to be doing six figures in 30 days, but I can show you a way to make 2000 a month or 500 a month. So I'm actually almost filtering out by doing this, the good from the bad. So I'm kind of benefiting in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're setting realistic goals for people and and just cutting through the bullshit. So how did the, how did the term entrepreneur come to life? Where, where, Uh, where, Where was that born? I love it. Just made it up. And weirdly, this has just come through today. 
Did trade you trademark it? Wow. Yes. Newsflash, everybody. Exclusive. Yeah, that's an exclusive. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, it was just kind of like a joke because I basically said it's people online. Weirdly, it wasn't for people selling uh, Get Rich Quick Cleans. I noticed there was a rise of the entrepreneur, basically. And the entrepreneur, but online. So they would make out that they're hustling. I work 28 hours a day, eight days a week. You know, that type, right. that type of person. But it was all for social media. So it's like they looked like they were successful or they looked like they were putting the effort in when in reality they weren't. And I said, they're not an entrepreneur, they're a contrepreneur. And it was just like a, a throwaway statement I said uh, to uh, one of my friends. And then I thought, oh, well, that's a really good word. I had a little look round and no one seemed to be using it in that way. And I just I love thought, it. that's a good word. I'll have that. Yeah, and it's interesting. And you brought up something too, and it's about optics, right? And it's about it false authenticity and it's manufactured credibility. And, and that's such bullshit. And I think LinkedIn, right? It's this progression of all these attention whores and all these you know, schlock salesmen trying to sell their shit and they go from one platform to another. And now we hear, we're here in 2019 um, on LinkedIn where you can make yourself anything you want, right? Because people aren't always fact checking and you're putting out this content and people are using engagement pods, which we'll dig into in a little bit. And one method that I've always been intrigued by and you fucking broke the wall down on this one is the number one bestseller scheme. So for yeah. those who don't, for those who haven't been following, just walk us through real quickly what you did there and what happened, because this is an awesome story. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I've been doing, this like the parody thing and mocking things that I see, it's not to target individuals. It's just amusing similarities or uh, reoccurring coincidences, I see. So, and there isn't a guru out there, it seems to me on social media, there isn't a number one Amazon bestselling author, which then made me think, how easy is it to become one? And then I did a little bit of research, found out how to sort of game the system or play the system. And to prove how bullshit it was, I made a book in an hour. I called it How to Get a Number One Amazon Bestseller. Um, it was a blank book. I just wrote blank page on 144 pages. It was basically pages. a notepad. It was a notepad. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it had a little bit of writing at the beginning. And at the end, it said, don't be buying books like this. Write a genuine bestseller. You know, that's your lesson from buying this book. Um, and I got it to number one in Amazon in 24 hours and it was used as the icon as the hot new release of the day. It was used as the icon for the business automation. So I had a number one bestseller with a blank book and I did it in 24 hours. And the funny thing about it was I just sold 49 copies. So it took 49 copies to become an Amazon bestseller. So now if I was a bad guy, I could have put that in any topic and now I could advertise myself on the speaking circuit or to be stood on stage telling you I'm an expert in XYZ and I'm an Amazon bestselling author. It's false. It's um, false credit. So basically then, you sold 49 copies and, and what category did you put into that you found was the least, the, the easiest barrier to entry to get to number one? Uh, so it was business management that I put the book in. Uh, was it a timing thing? Were there no other books out there? Like how did, how did 49 copies get to number one so quickly? Um, I, I think they just base it on sales over an hour. Right. So, so it was, it was the velocity of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, I didn't pick the timing on. It got to like number five in the main business charts. So, in the legit business charts, it was in. It was at number five. So, not too shabby but, for a for a, for a publication, right? Number yeah, five. I never got the money for it though, because Amazon banned the book. Uh, Amazon eventually banned the book when they got contacted. But it made uh, the press in Australia, and they contacted Amazon for comment. Uh, and then they they um they banned the book and withheld the funds. Withheld the funds, but. 
That's your, that's so you, so you lost on this investment, but actually you, there's a return on it because the, the conversation and the topic certainly is paying dividends as far as informing other people and uncovering and that bullshit. By the way, you have to pay Amazon a, a royalty. royalty of 70% anyway. So I, I was only due to make, I think, 21p a book or 30p a book, something stupid like that. 70%? Yeah, yeah. And Basically, and if your book's 99p, which is what a lot right. of them do to get the sales, they reduce the price, you only make a few pence. It's a lost lead for these people because what the idea is, they establish authority, you get the speaking gigs, and that's where they upsell you their mentorship or their, their, their $1,000 program. That's crazy. Have you, have you ever fallen for a scam for one of these? Uh, well, I'd say some of the investments I'm doing now, I had higher hopes than what I've got. So in a strange way, I suppose you could say I've fallen for a scam in some of them, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's human nature to be excited by, by this big thrill, by this, by this lottery. And what do you think, without giving too much away, what do you think the next big you know, scam to be uncovered? I'm not even going to call it a scam. It might be you know, uncovering a, a false prophecy or, or you know, pulling back the curtain on some of these gurus. I mean, what's the next wall to come down? I wouldn't say it's an individual thing, but I would say the sort of motivational speaking and guru circuit as a whole is um, an industry built on sand, really. I think they hide in gray areas with the language they're allowed to use, but I think doing this for what I've been doing the last 12 months, some of the big hitters, some of the world's biggest, most famous people that are involved in that industry are on shaky ground. I mean, recently you've seen the Jay Shetty thing. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, no, I haven't. Been yeah, so that was something that sort of, that's an example of what I think is going to happen. He, he was exposed for stealing all of his quotes and his inspirational quotes hmm. from, it, it's all fake. And I think um, a lot of that will sort of start falling apart, really. Yeah, it's tough. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's straight up, it's a popularity contest. I mean, that's really what it's turned into. And, and the people that are smart are monetizing it and, and trying to, you know, make that money and, and get out quickly. I mean, for me, the online courses, there's two things that kill me that we'll talk about quickly, you know, the online courses and engagement pods. So talking first about the online courses, there are, and I know them, there are some legitimate, hardworking, verified, trained, experienced coaches out there that provide so much value to their clients right? They're coaching them through the job search. They're coaching through the career life. There are the legitimate ones. And I applaud them for what they're doing. But I feel like so many people are jumping on this bandwagon. There's people that are out of work. I mean, I get hit up all day by people. Literally, the guy was a plumber. And now he's trying to give me, and no offense to plumbers. I mean, the high, my father-in-law is a plumber. But like talking about people that are talking shit out of context, out of expertise. And now they're selling online courses. What's happening out there? Is, is that another get-rich-quick pyramid scheme? The whole coaching bullshit? Well, do you know what I think it is? And, and this isn't, I think it's maybe society. Most people aren't happy in a job role that they've got or just in life. And everyone feels like they deserve more money. So when someone tells you you can make passive income with minimum effort, you're going to, it's going to attract most people. It's got nothing to do with IQ, by the way. You can be smart and still be attracted to these things. You can be vulnerable and not so smart and still be attracted to these things. It's got nothing to do with IQ. So, Passive income, online courses seems the dream, doesn't it? It's like, oh, you make your content once, sell it many times, and then you, it's a, and you don't have to do any more work. That's the idea. So right. it's, the, it's the guru selling how to make online courses. Like, the spades, selling the spades, right? That's the one that blows my mind. But, the spades selling. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so the online courses, and again, I, I'm like you, and I think there's a misconception that people think I don't believe in anything or I'm against everything. No, like, Loads of online training works. 
loads of the content will have bits in it that is useful and you should distill and take away and use. Um, not all uh, pricing that ends in a seven or that's discounted or you know uses scarcity tactics is bad. It's the intent of the person selling it to you and their belief of whether they really are delivering value. It's, it's those things that are the issue, I think. But online courses, that's where I originally made my money. I made a company that, not strictly online courses, we made other re learning resources too. We made training materials and learning development materials for trainers to use in big corporate companies. We had um, companies in the US. Um, Arby's, you know, the fast food restaurant. I know it very well. That's, that's where they have the meat. They have the meat, Arby's. Yeah, so they were one of our clients. So they're like, um, is it called OSHA over there? Health and safety? Right, all the safety stuff. So, but you were making, you were making legitimate, legitimate you know, training videos for corporations. We're talking about people that are making videos yeah. to, to do people yeah, into it. Yeah, the reason I up is some people say, oh, you've got a big bean in front about online courses, no, no, but no, you no. made online courses. It's a completely different thing. I wasn't selling an Arby's... Uh, someone working on the tills or the cash register, you can earn $100,000 in 30 days by following my course. I was saying, this is how you make sure that you're not giving anyone, you know, contaminated food. And this is, you know what I mean? These are legitimate training courses. There's a big difference exactly. there, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. Just, and just for a side note, because I love this one, be wary of anything ending in 9-7. Is that like their, their little secret code that you're all 10Xing it, that you're all in that kind of world? It was like uh, just a funny thing that I noticed. Um, I went to one particular event. I had 12 um, gurus on back to back. So it was like they were, and it was all different things they were selling. And every single one of their pricing ended in a seven. And it became funny. So it was just a, an observation I made. Hey, some bad guys end in a five. Some bad guys end in a nine. Don't, don't set your heart on it being in a seven. Right. I get, and talk about that too. The, the event thing with the, with the gurus too, like they'll have the guy at the top of the ladder, whether it be uncle G or somebody else. And then there'll be like 40 people underneath speaking to him. And then they put out all their promos where it's like, I'm speaking with uncle G. I'm like, you know, that keynote speaker. Is that part of the scam there to get them into it? Yeah. For them. I mean, for them, they're using it for their marketing opportunity and it, and it then makes their next speaking gig easier to say that they've shared a stage with Grant Cardone or Gary V or Tony Robbins. But sharing a stage is a little bit difficult. That's like me saying I've played, I've played Wimbledon or tennis against Serena Williams because I went and played four days on the same court before she exactly. did. It, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's just she's for laughing, isn't it? It's all, you know, it's why people pay for um, photos with these people. They put it on the website. There's no context to that photo. No. And now you're thinking, oh, wow, he must be legit because he stood next to Gary Vee or he stood next to Tony Robbins or whoever. Yeah. And then, and, and then somehow they're getting some promo content, you know, they're paying into it and they're able to shoot a promo with this person. It's all, it's all part of it. And it's all, you know, trickling down. So let's, let's talk about engagement pods for a little bit. Cause for me, that is, that is my hot button on LinkedIn for me. Yeah. And, and here's my position. And you and I've gone back and forth on this. I've been on LinkedIn since 2006. I'm a recruiter. So it is my platform. I'm a connector. So it's my platform. It's my portal. It's the way I connect and do business on LinkedIn. And in the last year and a half, we'll call it the, the, the pods have been taking over. It's creating false authenticity, but more importantly, what it's doing is it's creating this velocity that's suppressing my content and other good people's content in the feed. So any of my information is getting pushed down and pushed out of the way and people are not seeing it. The other piece from a recruitment standpoint, Mike, I'm trying to reach and speak to certain people from a business standpoint. 
when these people keep seeing the same bullshit, awful, sell, buy, 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 regurgitated crap out there, they're moving away from the platform. And that's affecting yeah. my business. And the other piece, that people aren't owning up to it. They're not owning up to it. Now, there's a couple of people that do. Shay, who I had on my show a couple of weeks ago, she tells it how it is. She calls it how it is. She doesn't deny it. And she tells you what she's doing. And I appreciate her for that. And you and I have had the conversation and you spoke about it too. Her content would stand alone without her being in an engagement pod. Yeah, I However, so. I don't think she would have gotten to where she is as fast without you know, looping into it. What, what are your thoughts on the pods? Uh, yeah, so I just think like, I'm split on them really. I've never been in one. I've never used one. I've never been in one. I mean, I wouldn't even join a group of people that was like anti-pods if it was in some sort of like structured sort of, sort of almost like an alternative pod. All pod. I get, I get the benefits of it, but what they don't realize, and this is the thing that it just blows my mind really is number one, just a bit of transparency and honesty, but you are cannibalizing your own um, network. Eventually you create echo chambers where no new content and no ideas are, are born or you don't um, see anyone else's content bar the 30 people that are in your pod. And that's not good. Like that's, I mean, historically you can it's see society had that. Exactly. You just, you just, and it, it's killing the platform to the point where it's kind of made an us and them um scenario really exactly but i get why it's it's sad it, like the theory of a pods is cool but all you know all power corrupts absolutely you know what, what and i think when there's such powerful pods there and they're charging people to be in, in the pods and they've got punishments and stuff like that that's not healthy and if anyone denies that you know if anyone sort of argues that that's not a bad thing you know it's mad but Interestingly, today someone sent me a message on Instagram and it was a tech company and they're saying that they're so sick of pods and engagement stuff, they are going to make a, a new platform to compete with LinkedIn. Now, obviously, that sounds preposterous at this stage. Right. But the there are people now that are so sick of what it's become and that was the main thing they cited. Bullshit hiring stories, fake um, influencers saying that you know giving leadership lessons when they've never held a position where they are leaders and all this type of stuff it's um, I can see I can eventually see real business people leaving the platform and, and what it will eventually be like I've, I've said this LinkedIn will be just Facebook for wankers I, Facebook isn't for wankers absolutely and that's what scares the shit out of me Mike like that's my business like, that's my legitimate business and and I've been doing things if if LinkedIn went away tomorrow it would hit me in the gut real hard. It'd be a kick in the junk quickly, but I am doing things to future-proof myself, right? I, yeah. I, t I take my relationships offline. I have databases. Like I have those connections, right? But yeah. it's those people, they, and they, they don't get it. They're so short-sighted and they've come on the platform in the last, they, they've come on the platform in the last year and a half and they're attention whores and they're trying to monetize this quickly. And I can't fault them for trying to make money. We're all trying to make money, but they're doing it, they're, they're doing it the wrong way and it's a hypocrisy behind it. Do you know what I think it is? And this is honest. I think it's because they've failed on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and they've thought this is the place that we can do it. And they've tried to, and it's, it's also indicative of the get rich quick and um, I want it now society that we live in now. I am at, and I'm not by it, but in any stretch saying that, you know, I'm the right, the way I've done it is the right way. And also these are big numbers. I'm just saying this is what I did. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. You can make your own decision on that. I didn't join a pod and just put out content 
that I would find interesting for myself. And it got little engagement to start with. And then eventually more people took to small. Sorry, I lost you there for a minute. Time out. I lost you there for a second, Mike. Hold on. Hold on. I thought you thought that's why I stopped talking. Yeah, let's uh yeah, we're talking. I'll I'll cue it back in and I'll I'll edit this. I can start there. from um, I've I've done it the long way if you want to. I don't know. You tell me what you want Three, to say. Three, two. So I started on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's like a TV show. And so uh, I started um, LinkedIn in 2014, and I used to just put out content, and I would target people that worked in the sector that I wanted to sell to. So that's all I would do. And so I'd write content that I thought would appeal to them. More and more people started looking at my content, and my uh, number of followers and connections would grow. That's all I did. I wasn't thinking I need to get to 30,000 um, followers in two months, three months. I need to get to 100,000. And then talk about it. Or any of these things, because that in my mind was a byproduct of making good content. And that would come if you kept putting out value or content that people wanted to engage with and were interested in. I think now people think, tell me how I can get to 10,000 subscribers or tell me how to get to 10,000 followers or how do I get to 100,000 or I want to be an influencer. And I always say this, influence what and influence who? Like what's exactly. your message? And I think getting 100 people that have to say great content, hon, or I appreciate you or great posts, we're smarter than that now. So you're not going to add any genuine value to the platform mm -hmm. you claim that you love. I think it's a selfish act, really, being in a pod because you're wrecking the platform for anybody else. Now, I could have joined a pod. Mm -hmm. I could have gone and done all these things. And if that's what you need to do to get your content out there, cool. But I would suggest if you're in a pod, if you left your pod and your numbers dwindled, that's because your content would be shit. Exactly. Your content is bad. You're not adding any shit value. Now. It's you. Now I I get she's got a marketing company and, she, and I think I, she makes money from pods. That must be how it works, right? I, so I don't I know, man. She, she's in a lot. I don't know if she charges. I mean, that's, that's fucked up if you do. I mean, I don't know. Only she knows I, that. But I don't I know. Can, like, she stays in the pod. Cool. But I would say if, it was, if your goal was to get your content out to make more sales than your, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm an IT consultant. So I want companies. That, so I want to connect with a certain sector on LinkedIn and I might join a pod of other people in my sector. As soon as I get to my post being a thousand likes or I've got a thousand connections, you would then leave the pod because I think it dilutes your message having to like comment and share other people's shite content in my mind. How did, and like I say to people all the time, I'm like, why do you like, do you feel good? Like, the, the, it's fake love. It's fake love and, and the bullshit's going to rise to the top. And I, and I really, really, truly hope that like this bubble bursts sooner than later. I really yeah. hope it does. And there, there's like this pod mafia just to close it out. I mean, I, I was telling you offline before that I've been poking the beehive a little bit and the, 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 the queen bee, they've been coming after me, man. And they've been trying to shut me up, right? Like who am yeah. I compared to some of these people, right? From a, from a, from a LinkedIn perspective as well. Why are they scared of me? Why do they have to shut me up? Yeah. Do you know what I call that? I call it the Streisand effect. So that, that was, I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but if you Google that, the Streisand effect. So um, 
basically, the more she tried to suppress a story being in the news or being like newsworthy, it made the story more newsworthy. The fact that she kept denying it publicly and making such a big deal about it made more people go online and search what it was. And that's what the thing with the pods was, because 12 months ago, 18 months ago, they would outright deny that these things even existed. They yep. were almost embarrassed because they wanted to protect their little group. And I used, to, I used to get group reported by some of the people in these groups. And they used to make up reasons for it. But really, the truth was, I wasn't asked about talking about them. I know you're in them. I can tell you're in them. There's telltale signs. They're, they're, they're clear as day. But now, they've kind of had to acknowledge them because there's been so many people that have been pissed off with the results and also the bullying tactics in the pods that too many people know that they exist now. So, I mean, I did a, um, a podcast about pods on my YouTube channel uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, with a guy that actually runs pods for people. And yeah, that was a good one. In- I'll link yeah. to that. Yep. If you read the comments on that um, episode, there's internal fighting between current pod members, ex-pod members, and, and these are people, incidentally, which claim that they're not interested in any of my content, but they must have posted that in the pods to come on my, to watch the content they, anyway. They definitely watch but it. You know Honestly, if that's the only way you feel important by having to force other people to like your content, I feel a little bit sorry for you in some ways, but not in a way when you're manipulating and also bullying other people into either giving you money or threatening to wreck their actual reputation online. I think that's a bit of a stupid way of running a business. If, if you are doing them as a business, even that, there's a right way and a wrong way of doing it. And I don't think ruling by fear is a great way to run any business, really. No, not at all. And, and LinkedIn, and we've talked about this too, LinkedIn isn't doing anything about it because ultimately it's their goal to have eyeballs and people in the platform at all times driving eyeball revenue and linkedin is kind of, they kind of that sit back and they're like they're not saying shit i don't hey dude i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at the linkedin seminar next week the the big annual gangbang out in dallas and if i see jeff i'm gonna pull him aside and be like bro between between you and me what's the, what's, what's the deal with the pods what are we doing here yeah, but that's all it'll be. It'll be, oh, they drive traffic. I mean, so they're not us, but it's with anything, isn't it? It's like, I mean, look in politics, whatever brings the most attention, money or whatever, even if it's immoral, not right, everyone turns a blind eye as long as it's generating enough money for the right people. And I think that's the same with LinkedIn. Cool, I call that the lunatics are running the asylum there, if you ask me. I think, I think it's everywhere. So I, I think we're continuing. We've, we've drove this home. We're cutting through the bullshit. Mike's doing his thing. He's calling it out there and he's really that hero that we need right now. So let's switch it up a little bit. Let's, let's dig back. Let's dig back into you. Cause I think your story is fascinating a little bit. And I want, I want to talk about some things that, that really hit home with you, you know, inside here, you know, what, what, when I say the word authentic, what, what does that mean to you? How does that resonate? Um, authentic, like, I don't know. It's just in businesses. If that's what you say you're going to do, just do the, do like, let that be the thing. Like, and say with the pods, it's if you're in a pod, just say you're in a pod. Like, I don't get, it's when you're like lying about it. Like, so I get questioned about my authenticity with this entrepreneur thing. Like you said it at the beginning of the episode, I, as a joke, I said, yeah, you've caught me out. There is no edge to it. Like, I don't know how many times I have to say that for people to, to like, believe it. Like, there is no big reveal at the end. There's, there's none of that stuff. And that seems to be lost now. Whereas in days gone by in business, your reputation and your and authenticity were like two of the main things to get business because you didn't have 
um, online marketing. You didn't have all this way to attract customers. It was your reputation in your local area was indicative of how word was bond. Business. It was your reputation. It was your experience and, exactly. and how other people perceived you. Well, nowadays, you can almost fake that first bit. You can fake five test, uh, five star testimonials. You can fake being an Amazon bestseller. You can fake all these things, and but if it's easily built, it's easily taken away from you. Is my my thing. So I think long sustained growth in the right way is an authentic way to build your brands, uh, your products, your service. In my mind, that's that's what authenticity is. It's things just done the right way. Spot, spot on, mate. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to do that anymore because um, I it always takes effort. It takes effort. Exactly, exactly. And also, people because of social media, they see. I don't know. Say Kim Kardashian with ten million followers. They've got a thousand followers. They want to get to Kim Kardashian as soon as they can. Like, how do I get to be the next Kim Kardashian? When in in my view, it's like, how do I get to a thousand followers? How do I get to 1500 followers how do i you know service the crowd that i'm building with a good product a valuable product they're important things to me um i, I say it's about my followers like i'm not really hard if i if i lost thirty thousand followers tomorrow it makes zero difference to right. me what i'm doing or my my position on linkedin like I, I don't really care about anything followers are a byproduct of what i've done rather than they are my driving force. Right. And I, th and I think that's a huge dynamic too. And I see people talking about it on LinkedIn all the time. I'm like, is that your, is that, is that, is that your goal? I mean, this is just a numbers game. How about like connecting? Like it's like, I've been on the platform since 2006 and I'm approaching 10,000 connections. I, and I'm going to talk about this online. Like once I hit that number, I'm not, it's not going to be a humble brag. What I want to do is break it down. I'm going to say it took me from 2006 to now to hit 10,000. And these are all legitimate connections that I've established relationships with in some way or another, right? There, there's some kind of value in there. And I probably ignore or reject conservatively 25 to 30% of the connections that come through because they're not adding any value to the relationship. Yeah. But people play in a numbers game. Like it's like a contest. Who could get, who, who could fucking hit, you know, 30,000, hit that limit on the connections? Who could max out, you know, the followers? Like it's a game. Here's a question for you then. So say if I am uh, an influencer on LinkedIn and I brand my Wait, sorry, cut that and start it again. Hold on. Mike, we froze there. We'll start that question again. Um, well, let, let's, Mike, let's start that question again. The internet froze. Ask, ask me that back again. Yeah. So imagine this then, and is this authentic? So if I'm a LinkedIn influencer, and I position myself as some sort of social media guru or LinkedIn marketing guru, or how to grow your LinkedIn following. And I sell you a course, which is here are my six steps to growth. And I'm part of a pod. And that's the only way I've grown on this platform. And I don't tell you that my growth is like, a substantial part of my growth is because of that pod. Is that authentic or not authentic? It's manufactured. Exactly. Because you're, you're that, not being followed was, by people who believe in you. Weirdly, it was that question that I asked Kirsty Bonner when she did a post about how she's grown and her six steps to grow on LinkedIn and she failed to mention. And she'll say she's not in a pod, but we know she is. Like Everybody knows she is because the people that contributed to helping me make that pod episode are people that have been in the pod with Kirsty Bonner. 
So there was people there that were contributing to some of the information and some of the things that comes and goings of those pods. So I think that's not, that's not right. I think jumping on the bandwagon and um, targeting vulnerable people at their lowest point to try and sell them this sort of dream and ideal and follow me and you can achieve these things isn't right in my mind. And um, Absolutely. That's, that's the kind of thing about LinkedIn and these gurus and stuff and, and the marketing thing. It's just like there's so many of these how to grow on LinkedIn organically when they're all the same pod people. There's nothing organic about your growth. You can't even do the thing you're now telling, promising people they can do. Yeah, you're suppressing. It's 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 coming back to bite you in the ass. Your own shit's being suppressed, and you're not. And, and the cannibalism part that you brought out was really interesting too. Because how are you going to find new audience to 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 hawk your shit to when you're in this echo chamber? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, what's weird as well is um, I've got someone um, that I know, and he's got like a scraping tool so we can scrape data off people's posts. When you look at where the engagement is coming from on some of these pod posts. It, it's not really a revenue generating, I don't know what you'd call it, like a, a demographic on LinkedIn. Like they're not going to buy their products. It's just job seekers saying like, thank you, amazing content and stuff like that from all over the world, by the buy. way. A better way to run LinkedIn would be if I sell a product that benefits people in the Warrington area is to focus your search connections in the Warrington area with an interest in your product. That's how you grow. So if I had 300 connections that were all my key customer- In your market. Yeah, that is far more powerful than having 30,000 uh, connections from Russia, Poland, Mike, Mike, Alaska. Mike, they, 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 don't, they don't get it. They, they think that scaling, they think that that follower number is a sign of yeah. authenticity and credibility, but it's not. You know, if I, if, I, if I put, Mike, if I put 15 minutes a day into fucking just growing my follower count through these methods. At this point, if I started in 2006, I might be like, literally, I might have a million fucking followers, but I didn't. Well, I this. this is why they do what they do. And then the people that are like really making money and not having to resort to these things don't do it. Because on LinkedIn, I started when I set up my, 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 my business that I sold and I targeted a very specific type of person. It was a specific job role in an organization of a certain size. That's all I targeted. And about 85% of our customers that we got for that business was through LinkedIn. Oops. We went and sold that business two and a half years later for $11 million. That's because... I targeted the right person on LinkedIn with the right message with a product that would actually solve their pain point. Let's pause there for a second because I want everyone to understand what Mike's talking about here. This is a the right strategic business, sound-minded business way of doing business on LinkedIn. It's about being targeted to what you're actually trying to sell and not trying to create bullshit and spray and pray to everybody. That's the other thing too. Exactly. I mean, we could go on a tangent too and talk about the amount of direct messages. I get. Dude, I got a message, this is a, this is a good one too. So I'm a recruiter and I live in New York and I own my own recruiting business. I got reached out to the other day from another recruiter trying to get me into a product marketing job in Massachusetts. Like, yeah. are you even fucking looking it's at- research there, wasn't he? No, no, it's it's spray and pray here. So, so let's 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 wrap this up, man. You know, you're you're an accomplished businessman. You've you've been successful. You are successful. Used to be. Used to be. And now, not now. Now you're just you're just fucking Robin Hood. You're the unsung hero here. But what what is the greatest piece of advice that you have received 
that you take action on almost every single day? Uh, oh, good question. Mm, you have to cut some of this. It's going to be a, a long time. It's all good, man. Yeah. Um, I'll ask Ian that. Ian, I've got my business partner sat on the side of my desk here. Ian, what would you say is the best piece of advice that we follow? He was also from my last business. We had the business together. Yeah, man. What would you say the best that we did that kind of made us successful? Biggest thing we do every day is backwards plan. Yeah, good one. Yeah, so the biggest thing I would say is backwards plan. So whatever it is you want to achieve, and that could be anything, your LinkedIn strategy, whether it be the exit price you want for your business, whether it be backwards plan from that thing. I think too many people in business, I would say specifically, haven't got a clue what they actually want or what they deem successful. So in our last business, we were very clear on what figure we wanted to sell our business for and what dates. So because of that, and we started with that in week one, we then planned how many customers we'd need, what price we'd need to sell. Reverse engineer. Like, and even stuff to, in week one, bearing in mind we sold three, uh, like two and a half years later, who would buy this product offers and I don't mean the product I mean the actual business who would buy the business so how do we get on their radar now where they can see a strategic partnership or they could see a natural fit for what they do to what we do so I would say backwards plan and know what you want to achieve and you can take that right down once you've got that big goal you can take that back down to so by month three we need to be here by week one and that can even come down to daily do something that helps you get closer to that goal every day I love That's it what I, and Mike, what's, what's your superpower? I'm not talking about you could fucking be invisible and sneak into women's locker rooms because you would never do that. But what, what is your superpower? What do, you, what do you do better than anybody on this fucking planet? Um, I would say, and this was from a sales perspective, I had like almost a photographic memory of remembering what conversations I'd had with customers based on names. So if, it, so if I was, um, so from our system, CRM system, I could be at an event and then someone would say, oh, this is Julie from wherever, BT or British Airways or whatever it might be. And I could remember, ah, I remember the three conversations with her. I've said X, Y, Z. And without actually um, consciously thinking about it, two or three things would come up and be like, oh, Julie, I remember, oh, how was it in the Bahamas? You know, oh, what did you do in? But they right. would just think I could remember. It was almost scary sometimes, but I, I didn't know I knew them things until the name was mentioned to me. So I'd almost say like photographic memory with like facts and figures. That's pretty cool. Customers. Yeah. And the yeah. value on that's incredible. And, and Mike, last question. And I ask every guest on my show this question. When, when Mike, when it's having a real shitty day and things aren't going well, you know, or on the flip side of it, when you're having a fucking awesome day, firing on all cylinders, business is coming in, you're blowing up the entrepreneurs out there. What do you look to for gratitude? What do you look to to be thankful for? What is, what is your North Star? Um, it's another post by Oleg or Kirsty Bonner. It's that what I look to and I think, thank you that they grace me with such amazing content and value that I can read every day. <laughs> it's literature, right? It's when you're sitting on the pot and you're just scrolling away and you're like, Jesus, it's insane. To be fair, I've, I've been blocked by both of those people now. It was uh, Kirsty that blocked me just for asking that question about the uh, marketing course. She, I mean, we talked offline. I, I poked the bear and she came right after me. I didn't even call her out or anything. Mike, you're, you're awesome, man. I certainly appreciate you uh, coming on this show and just telling it how it is and keeping it real, man. We need more people like you just to keep it real and level and make sure that this platform doesn't implode on itself because we're getting to a real breaking point. Me. Yeah, man. I'm a, 
so I think I'm 500,000 pounds down on all these investments so far. <laughs> so send money, donate two pounds a month or $5 a month and help fund this entrepreneur journey. For, for 97 cents a day, you could help yeah. support Mike Winnett. So guys, clo closing, closing thoughts here. Con men and women have been around since the dawn of time, preying on the weak and feeble-minded who can't think for themselves skirting around what is right, legal, and ethical for their own gain. However, there's always a balance of the do-gooders, the whistleblowers who call out these cons on their bullshit and expose them for what they are. And Mike is one of those unsung heroes. He has put his money where his mouth is to ensure others like you do not fall for this bullshit, to keep your ears and eyes wide open and look past the bright, shiny object and see what the true reality is. Yes, there are some potential opportunities within all of these, but only for a select few at the top and you need to realize this shit, man. Fake love, accolade exaggeration, humble bragging, manufactured authority, it's all a bullshit ploy to take your money out of your hands and take the attention away. Be smart, be sharp, and protect yourself. When in doubt, ask questions, challenge authority, and I believe this is what Mike's underlying mission is, and I applaud him for all of his efforts. Mike, thank you. Where could folks connect with you? Where could they find you? Uh, so the big one is uh, YouTube. That's where we actually put uh, what we're investing in. Um, we try and do it in a humorous way. So uh, that's Mike Winnett. Uh, so YouTube.com Mike Winnett and Instagram's Mike Winnett and LinkedIn, again, Mike Winnett. Easy enough. Awesome, man. Good stuff. Mike, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Let's continue this because I think we're, we're all on the same team here, man. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the links below, social media channels. I appreciate you listening, subscribing, commenting, and hopefully buying my course, which is coming out, just kidding, real soon. Thank you and have a good one, everybody. Catch you next time. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.